What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast Thursday edition. Matt Verram, Patrick Allen here to preview Chiefs v. Bengals 3. And unfortunately, the Chiefs are 0-2 in this yeah. new rivalry. How you doing today, Verram? I'm good. You threw me into the bus like a monster that I was late. No, we're late. I don't want him blaming me. You're more, you're, you're more popular on the show than me. I need to keep my job. We ended up we ended up getting on the damn thing at 4 o'clock. So I, yeah, I had to pick up my daughter. It was, uh, it was a fire drill. Of uh, epic proportions, but uh, we are here. We are happy to talk uh, Chiefs Bengals. I am. Uh, I'm excited to get into it. Honestly, I've been looking forward to this game more than any other game on the schedule this season. More than Chiefs Bills, Chiefs Box, Chiefs Niners. This game. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Really excited. A lot of trash talk going on. A lot. A lot to hit. Um, before we get kind of you know into the meat of the game and everything that's been going on i had to ask you really quickly about the the in the heights uh, new heights podcast of the kelsey brothers um they had mahomes on i haven't got a chance to listen to the whole thing but they dropped kind of a, a mahomes dropped a bomb on there which right. basically was we dropped a couple of bombs but one was basically that matt Nagy liked mahomes so much that the night before mahomes met with andy reed for the first time in like the draft evaluation process you know they call him in basically like gruden's you know the thing that they they do with uh with gruden there and the, they draw the plays and all that stuff he gave mahomes all the plays that andy was going to have him break down and diagnose. so mahomes cheated basically right yeah uh what was your take on that i thought it was hilarious give matt Nagy a lifetime contract uh maybe make him director of scouting i don't know uh th- that would be my take he I'm glad he gave the answers to the test. I, that that's my take. I watched most of that uh, show. I've got a few minutes left, but uh, he was on for a while. He was on for almost like two hours. It was funny. I thought it was. I also thought it was interesting that Mahomes knew that there were some teams that were like at around eleven and twelve that were going to draft them, and that he told the yeah. Chiefs that you know you're going to need to go up there and get me if you want to get me. And he was hoping they would because his team wanted to go to. There's a whole lot of what it could have showed us around him, like league wide, and like you know teams are going to taken him. I mean, the Bills are the team that traded the Chiefs that pick. Right. You know, I mean, right. obviously they have Josh Allen. They're happy. But could you imagine? I mean, they could have taken him. They were on the clock for him, and they didn't take him. The Chiefs tried the year prior to trade up to trade for Paxton Lynch, and the Broncos outbid them for Paxton Lynch. Like, can you imagine if they didn't, and the Chiefs took Paxton Lynch? Weren't they interested in Brady Quinn two years ago? Oh, God, probably. I mean, <laughs> you know, but, like, just think about that. I mean, yeah, there's so many things that could have happened. Um, yeah, they, they could have derailed all this, but it didn't. Um, yeah. And so it worked out. Uh, before we go any further, I got to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company, Casey Beer Co. They've been with us for a long time now. They're the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City, and they're the only brewery in KC to focus on German beer styles. They actually brew their beer according to the Bavarian German purity laws of 1516, so going way back. And they only make the beer with four ingredients, malt, hops, water, and yeast. I've been out to the brewery. I've met them. I've, I've, I've actually tasted some of the hops from a sack. It was pretty cool. Um, we're going out there. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. We're all going to be there. Yeah. 
but like it is astounding to me that Steve and the guys over there that they're able to make such great tasting beer with just those four ingredients. You know, like everybody's putting in like blueberry, and that's fine. Like that's fine, whatever. Like you know, chocolate, cinnamon. Like they're using different right. things to flavor the beer, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the fact that if you've had any of the Casey beers, they vary so differently. The Hefeweizen and the Dunkel and all these things. So I don't even know how they do it. It's like witchcraft. I can't wait. As you mentioned, we're going out there. And I am driving out there because I, I'm just that kind of a person. So I am going to unload my car. Like if I if I get pulled over for speeding, the the, the uh, law enforcement officer is going to look in the back seat of the car and be like, "You, you okay?" He had about 250 beers in the back of the car. Uh, yes, a <laughs> long haul uh, party. But I am looking forward to it. I can't wait to get out there. Their beer is amazing. And if I'm going to be out there, I am literally going to stock my fridge for the next like six months. So yeah. uh, I'm ready yeah. to do it. I'm rolling back a couple of kegs. Tug in Kansas just called us the pimp daddies of Arrowhead Addict. That's, uh, I'll take that's it there. Yeah. Of the podcast, at least. Maybe not of the whole site, but of the podcast. Um, yeah. It, we're, we're coming out to Kansas City uh, December 11th. We're going to be out there. Kansas City, Kansas at Tanner's Bar and Grill. The game for the Chiefs-Broncos game, chiefs at broncos it was on Sunday Night Football. It got flexed out, so the time of our event has changed, but we're still coming. Nothing's changing. They're just going from playing at you know, 7.20 to 3.05, so everything's kicking off early. So basically, you can come and make it a day of football with us. Come on out to Tanner's. Yep. They open at 11. Get there early. There's a Go to arrowheadaddict.com slash events or check out the link in the description. There's an event bright with tickets for you to RSVP. It doesn't guarantee you a seat at Tanner's, so you need to get there early and position yourself. Um, but it does get you extra raffle tickets. And the first 50 people that check in with us, we're going to start checking at 1230, get a free gift. It's a really sweet uh, design. Uh, maybe we'll reveal a little bit more here next week. Um, but it's actually, it's going to be amazing. So make sure that you check that out. We'd love to meet you, shake your hands, watch football with you, check out some of the afternoon games, and we're going to do a pregame show. And then you know, we'll do stuff at halftime. We'll be raffling stuff off. And then we'll do the postgame show after the Chiefs stomp the Broncos. You know, and it's a little annoying that the Broncos are such ass that we, you know, we're sitting here and we have to change the time of our event. They're so bad that they took Patrick Mahomes off of primetime. By the way, I just seen a couple people saying that there's there's some different audio issues. Our producer's not hearing it. Is everybody out there hearing audio yeah, issues? I don't, I don't hear it either. Normally, I would hear it. Yeah. We've um, had them in the, in the past. Yeah, we're just think... checking the YouTube side. And Richard, let us know if it makes sense for us to just, I don't know, does it make sense for me to like come back into the show? Have an audio issue. I will say while we're apparently maybe potentially having an audio issue. Yes. Russell Wilson has managed to do the impossible. Has done the impossible. It's incredible that he got Patrick Mahomes out of primetime. Like that's that's damn near a feat that ought to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Just that, just that alone. By the way, everyone is saying it's just you. So just so just so you know, like you got on me for being twenty seconds late. Well, screw you. You're you're a monster. No, just screw you. <laughs> so if I if I uh, if I restart, see if that maybe fixes it. You got this, man. Can you can you? Can yeah, you I can. I can uh, I've proven I can say things about Russell Wilson for four minutes. Okay, you're yeah, talking about Russell Wilson. I'll be right back. Okay, so Russell Wilson got Patrick Mahomes flexed out of primetime, which I'm not kidding. Might be the single toughest thing for a quarterback to do for any player to do in the NFL, right? Like. If you said, if you said to, to me, what is Russell Wilson's greatest accomplishment in the NFL? You could talk about the Super Bowl. You could talk about going to whatever it is in nine Pro Bowls. You could talk about going back to back Super Bowls and having won one of them. You could talk about all those things. None of them compare to the legacy leaving accomplishment that he had this week on Tuesday 
when he got Denver and Kansas City flexed out of Sunday Night Football. Because if he even had a pulse as a quarterback, there's no way that game doesn't get flexed out. Like, but there's no way that game does get flexed out. I should say. Like, that game, it's got Patrick Mahomes in it. Denver's a pretty decently sized market. Like, Denver's a, a pretty attractive market, big fan base. Kansas City at this point has become a very big fan base around the country. Everybody wants to watch Mahomes, even just casual fans. And they got him flexed out because Russell Wilson is probably the worst quarterback in football this year that is still starting for his team. Like, very well done, and Denver gave him $250 million. And if you watch the uh, the show on Sunday, I broke down ever so eloquently uh, exactly what that contract looks like. I still can't believe Every time I look at that contract, it's hysterical. Um, my God, is Denver terrible. That said, I actually am happy the game got flexed out because for the show, for our purposes, everybody can get there – and stay afterward. Like that game was going to be late. And so it would have been really like asking a lot of people who work on Monday to stay after the show and watch the post game and interact with us because you'd have been there like midnight. What's going How on? How do I sound? Back. Let, let us know out better. there. Restarted the computer, jiggled some cords. Don't, uh, don't understand what the hell is going on. Let's hope for the best. That's it. I was saying I, I'm excited that this game got moved into the afternoon, honestly, because I uh, I I actually like the idea of like people can hang out afterward, and people can you know hang around a little bit more than they probably would have if the game had gotten. Yeah, it would have been. Like, I mean, you know, we would the post game show would have gone to maybe almost midnight on a Sunday where we know people got to work in the morning. So yep. now actually, it's going to be kind of interesting because they move Chargers Dolphins to Sunday night, and it's like who- yes. So we get we get to watch Chargers <laughs> lose on. Prime but depending time. on Again, it's it, it's awkward though I think for us as Chiefs fans because depending on how things shake out. You know, if let's say like the Bills lose to the, you know, they lose tonight, you know, and then they're kind of out of the way and you got the Dolphins yeah, right on the Chiefs' heels, or even if the Chiefs were to lose to the Bengals this weekend, we might be forced to root for that. I mean, we probably should be rooting for the Chargers in that game, as much as I don't like it. Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be SOL if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm i not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? 
What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, we probably should, but I, I, I'm not putting my invested feelings in the Chargers. I'm not. Like, there's, there's just, there's no way. Honestly, I'm just going to sit back and watch the game. Like, I, this is a real interesting week, though. Like, to get back to, to where we were going here with the show originally. Um, this is a fascinating week of football because you have the Bills in the Pats on Thursday. You have the Dolphins and the Niners on Sunday. And, of course, you have the Chiefs and the Bengals. And, by the way, welcome to all the Bengals fans who are listening to the show. We're commenting. Appreciate you. Um, I love the New World AFC because, as anyone who's listened to me for five minutes knows, I love history. I love the history of the NFL. Um, before recently, the Chiefs were a – cosmic disaster who had won one Super Bowl in 50 years. And we're just a constant, you know, Lucy's going to pull the football away from Charlie Brown type franchise. The Bills lost four straight Super Bowls. And then after that, we're just the epitome of an embarrassment. And the Bengals went to two Super Bowls in the 80s, lost them both. And then it became, you know, the Bungles. And then had all those playoff years in a row with Marvin Lewis where they couldn't win a playoff game. Like, I love that now, arguably, those are the three best teams in the AFC. Like teams that have historically been down, get sand kicked in their face by the New Englands and the Pittsburghs and the Denvers and the you know in hell for years even in the seventies and eighties like the Raiders, and now you have these you know these these franchises that have these these great quarterbacks, um, and that all are like really easy to root for. Like you know it's not. Like, sometimes teams get good, and it's like, I'm not rooting for that guy or for that team. Like, whatever the reason may be. Like, look, I'll just say it. I don't think you're going to have a ton of people if the Browns get good who are like, man, easy to root for them. Right. Easy to root for Cleveland. You know, like, which, by the way, is a shame for, the for like, the Browns and for Cleveland in terms of, like, the fans and the, and the, the, the franchise's history. But nobody is rooting for, like, nobody's going to be like, yeah, Deshaun Watson, hope it works out. No, like, nobody's <laughs> going to feel like that. Right. We're like for Allen and Burrow and Mahomes. It's so easy to root for those guys. So, um, you know, we were at the Super Bowl last year. We covered it. And it was incredible. I mean, we couldn't stop talking about how many Bengals fans were at the game in Los Angeles against the Rams. It's like a yep. home game. Yeah. So, I'm very excited for the new world order in the AFC. Uh, and I am uh, I am excited about this game. I, I honestly, I am more excited for this game than any game this season um, for a lot of reasons. Do you think that this game is in some ways the biggest game of the year for the Chiefs. Obviously, Chiefs Bills, you know, you're, you think you're fighting it out for the number one seed. Right, the Bengals right. probably don't have as much of a chance for that. But based just like mentally, right? I mean, very much like the Bills needed to beat the Chiefs a couple of times and they haven't gotten over the playoff hump yet, but you know, Chiefs have dominated them. You know, look, man, Mahomes is 0-2 against Burrow. 
and he melted down. They, they, they kept him from going to the Super Bowl. No doubt. This game means maybe more than any other game to the Chiefs that they played this year, do you think? I, I honestly, I think for the Chiefs, for the players, and for the coaches, this game's more personal than any game they've played in a long time in the regular season. Now, the playoffs are a whole different deal. Like any playoff game supersedes any regular season game. But in terms of the regular season, yeah. Like, because how many times are the Chiefs trying to get revenge? Like, Heisler and I talked about this this afternoon. How many times are the Chiefs out for revenge? They usually are the team that people are getting revenge on or trying to get revenge on because they win all the time. The Bengals beat them twice last year. And let's call it what it is, man. The Bengals humiliated in the ace title game. You're up 21-3 and you blow that game? I mean, that's – like, I absolutely, absolutely think this is the biggest regular season game Mahomes has ever played in from his yeah. standards. Like, he's going to want to throw for a million yards in this game. Um, and if anybody's got something stuck in their craw about that game, right, it's, it's got to be Mahomes. It's him. Be- because yeah. it was – look, look. They could have won that game. I, I don't know what happened to him. At the, like, everyone's entitled, as great as he is, everyone's entitled to a bad game, a bad half. It happens. Of course. You know, he made bad decisions at the end of that game. Credit the Bengals. They they adjusted. They, but, like, he had a guy open in the end zone at the end of the game. Could have won it, you know, and he just was running around. And, you know, he, he played poorly. And then threw oh. a bad pick and in overtime. He had the ball, couldn't get it done. That game... Like I rewatch every game they play. That is about the only game in my life that I I just have no reason to watch it again. Uh, I mean, not even because I you know I couldn't learn something from it, but I I don't feel a need to watch it again. Like I I know I I could almost recite to you play by play how they blew that game. I mean, I, I don't need to sit there and watch. So you know that's one of those games that if you're a Chiefs fan, you will never get over. Uh, and if you're a Chiefs player, I highly doubt you're getting over anytime soon. I I don't think um, for two seconds, when, every, when any of these guys are like, well, you know what, it's another game, bullshit. Bullshit, it's another game. No, it's not. No, it's not. And they're going to play with all the emotion of having lost them twice last year. And look, you know what? The Bengals, by the way, like the Chiefs Bills, I think right now is the biggest rivalry in the NFL. I think most people would say that. Yep. But I have to tell you, like, the Chiefs and the Bengals, you could argue, like, should be a big, bigger rivalry in some ways because the Bengals have gotten to the Super Bowl. Like, the Bengals have accomplished it. No offense to the Bills. The Bills have never gotten to the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, this current group. They haven't gotten to the Super Bowl. Right. Like, they, you know, they haven't done that. So I do think there's, a, there's an argument to be made, like – this is actually the rivalry, really, that, that should stand alone. I am I am fascinated, and I also love now that, like, Justin Reed and the entire Bengals offense are at war. Like, yes. I I think it's so much fun. Um, it's just – it's honestly, it makes for a great, great setup for a game that the Bengals have to win more than the Chiefs, honestly. Like, the Bengals need to win just to make the playoffs. Yeah, Chiefs are going to make the playoffs, going to win the division. They're probably going to be a top-two seed one way or the other. The Bengals have to win this game – because like, they're seven and four, and they're on the edge of the playoff picture, so huge game for them. Very big game for the Chiefs. We're trying to get the one seed. There's a lot, uh, a lot going on, a lot at stake. And I'll say about this game the same thing I said about the Chiefs Bills game earlier this year when I said, you know, if the Chiefs win this, if the Chiefs won against the Bills, I said it wasn't wasn't going to mean that much. And if the Bills won against the Chiefs, it wasn't going to mean that much for the Bills because the Bills still needed to get by them in the playoffs. And it's right. the, 
but for this game, I think it means a lot for the Chiefs to win this game from a mental standpoint. It doesn't mean that, oh, no. like, you, yeah, they still could run into Cincinnati in the playoffs and get boat race and get sent home. But after what happened last year in two really good games, the first one was kind of a mess. I thought there was some bad officiating, a lot of, a lot of penalties, um, but it was a close game. Right. It was an exciting game. And then you had that AFC championship game that, you know, I think either team, if they had won or lost those games, would have felt like they, they should have won, right? You know, they, they, they could have yeah. beaten the other team. So for the Chiefs, if you lose a third in a row to these guys after what hap- after losing to them in the AFC Championship game, that then it becomes a monkey on on your back. I don't know that it's a monkey on the Chiefs' back yet, even though they got knocked out of the AFC Championship game by the Bengals because you know they've won their Super Bowl and and they're you know, their number one seed and their season's enough to know that we're going to the playoffs and that's what it's about and it's one game in the playoffs. But I think if they lose this game. You can't tell me that some doubt doesn't creep in to, to people's heads a little bit. Like frustration that could cause you to press that could, you know, when you do get to that position and if it happens in the playoffs. So I think it's a big one for the Chiefs. I think they need to, I think they need to get a win and just kind of exhale and be like, all right, like we're not cursed here. You know, we can take care of these guys. I I don't think there's any argument. Like, look, at some point, at some point, you absolutely 100% need to beat Cincinnati if you're the Chiefs. Like, they're not going away. The Bengals are going to be good for a long time. Joe Burrow is, what, 24 years old, 25? Like, Joe Burrow's not just going to shrivel up and disappear. You need to win these games. You need to find a way to do it. I mean, I think the Chiefs are, frankly, like the Bengals, like the Bills, are confident in their ability to go out and beat anybody, and they should feel that way. Um, But, yes, at some point, you got to win. You got to win. You got to find a way to get the job done. Um, you know, I think I think it's it's absolutely true. Eventually, you've got to win one of these games against Cincinnati. And the Chiefs, both of these games, have had great starts. Have been way out in front, and then they've fallen apart in the second half. I mean, it, you know, the regular season game to me was more—I don't want to say understandable, but more like typical of how you typical of how you blow a game like that. Like you took a ton of penalties. You blow assignments. Like, that's how you blow a two-touchdown lead. You just you make mistakes. The AFC title game, they lost because the Bengals decided to drop eight guys, and the Chiefs just decided never to run the ball, ever. Like, they just refused to do it. Um, Andy made a comment this week in the press conferences of, hey, look, you know, they dropped eight and they played man, and we learned from that. And, you know, I okay. I, I would hope that the the – I hope that the real obvious takeaway is you have to be able to run the ball on a team that drops eight guys. Because if the if the idea is just going to be, well, we're going to run different route combinations. Like, no, you're not. Like, you're still throwing it to eight guys. So I think the Chiefs in this game, there's, there's going to be a lot of aggression and a lot of emotion. They've got to harness it. That is the key to me in this game. It's like, you can have all the aggression in the world. That's fine. That's great. You gotta harness it. Otherwise, you're over aggressive. You're out of control, and that plays to the air team's advantage. Yeah. Well, uh, who said it? Uh, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah, Tyson. Tyson, right? The Tyson. Chiefs. They can be as mad as they want coming yep. into this game. The Bengals are going to hit them in the mouth at some point. They've got too many weapons. They're too good of a football team. So it's going to be how do they respond to that? That's going to matter. So. 
you know, as you if you noted on the outline here, the Bengals are getting healthier. They they, they own the best record right now, but they know the best record this time last year, and they went all the way to the Super Bowl. So, you know, we know the talent that the Bengals had. We've seen it up close. Um, Mixon and Chase look to be coming back after missing time. Chase had a kind of serious injury. He was on yeah. crutches just until a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, so we don't know how effective he's going to be, but he's you, you certainly can't worry. You know, you can't ignore him. He's out there on the field. Correct. Uh, Mixon is a problem. Can catch the ball out of the backfield. Can run really well. So this is a really dynamic offense. Not, not to speak anything of, of Boyd and Higgins. Um, uh, Wuzier's out with a with a torn ACL, but the rest of the defense is there. So what do you make just sort of the Bengals personnel heading into this one? So, I mean, look, right now, by the way, the injury reports just came out. So Mixon and Chase are both limited. They have been the last two days or the first two days of the week. Man, I want to look at it. Uh, for the Chiefs, everybody was out there except for Kadarius Tony, who remains uh, sidelines with a hamstring injury. And then uh, and then there was there was one other injury that is escaping me at the moment. Um, there was there's two guys who were out. Kadarius Tony was one of them. And for the love of God, I can't remember the other guy. Deion Bush is limited with an elbow injury, but there's somebody else who was missing. Um, and I, I just am completely drawing a blank of that person is. Uh, McKinnon, thank you, Jeremy. McKinnon, yeah, hamstring injury. So McKinnon and Tony are sideline right now. Everybody else is in there. Of course, Hardman's on IR. He's got to miss this game and one more. And my understanding is Chiefs are hopeful that he will be back right after he's eligible to come back. So we will see. Um, but I I would think, that, you know, this is a game where for the Bengals, like personnel-wise, they're better on defense than people realize. The Bengals are underrated defensively, and we're going to get into all the metrics or anything else. Look, I'm not trying to make the Bengals out to be the skill curtain, but they're better than people think. Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt are really good linebackers. Logan Wilson, for my money, is one of the five most underrated players in the NFL. He's very, very good. Um, up front, Trey Hendrickson's a beast. I think most people know who Trey Hendrickson is. If they, if they don't, they're missing the boat. He has six sacks this year, but he's a really, really good player, like a borderline all-pro level edge rusher. Um, and Sam Hubbard is not going to put up those types of numbers, but he's a good player. Uh, and then in the backfield, you have Bell and Bates, who are really, really good safeties. Uh, you know, different types of guys. I mean, Bell's a more downhill, hard-hitting type, strong safety from heaven. Bates is a is more of a free safety. Um, the biggest issue for the Bengals right now is without Awuzie, who's again out for the season. Their their corners are susceptible. Mike Hilton's a very good slot corner. Um, but that's probably the biggest weakness, which is why I think in this game, the Bengals are going to have to do a lot more of that drop seven, drop eight. Like they're just going to have to cover with numbers. I don't think they're going to be able to just line up and play, man. I know, you know, Cam Taylor, Britt, he's a rookie corner. He's been playing a lot lately. Um, you know, and, and, and he's shown promise. I just think in this game, if you're Cincinnati, like you're not going to get in a man and just be like, okay, let's go. Like I don't, I don't think it's happening. I think it's going to be a lot of like we're going to drop a ton of guys, beg you to run the ball, um, and you know try to play situational football. So their defense has been pretty good at this year in the red zone. So um, that's how I think the Bengals go about it. offensively. We're, we all know, like, look, they've got Boyd and Higgins and Chase, and they've got Mixon and, and Hurst is a decent tight end. Like Bengals will, they'll put it up on you. They can also run the ball. Look, go watch, go watch the Bengals game against the Titans, which I watched the whole thing. The Bengals, physically, if you think they're a finesse team, go watch that game. But they punched the Titans in the mouth for 60 straight minutes. They beat the crap out of Tennessee up front. So 
Chief behind, Coach. with all due respect, Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, right, right. right. Or with Mixon or right. Chase. Right. And they lined up. And it, and really, just if you watch the game, I mean, Burrow gets hit somewhat, but he he's pretty well protected. Um, they were able to run the ball a little bit, but they shut Derrick Henry down. Now, Henry had a big reception. He caught a swing pass and went for like 75 yards or something. But that's the one, like the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs are a much, much, much better team up front than Tennessee is on the offensive line. Tennessee is a bad offensive line. But my point is, Cincinnati was not afraid to get in the trenches and just go after it. Now, of course, this is a much different game. You're not going to drop eight against Tennessee. Like, there's a whole – but I, I think this is going to be a game where the defenses could play really well and still give up 30 points because the offenses are just that talented. So let's get into the preview. By the way, if you like this podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts. Yep. Leave us a review over there and hit the like button on this video right now. Let's get some more Chiefs fans in here. Hell, let's get some more Bengals fans in here to chop it up with us. Yeah, uh, They've been pretty respectful so far. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, support the show. Um, so here we go. It's Chiefs versus Bengals. Now, when you did the outline, you had Chiefs minus two. I checked it sort of just right before we went on on DraftKings, and it's Chiefs minus one and a half. Yep, um, it depends. You could find it anywhere from one and a half to two and a half. Yeah, so uh, over under at 52 and a half. Casey on the road in this one. So, uh, and this is the start of a three-game uh, road trip for them, um, one they've got to have. So, you know, as we always talk about, the Chiefs are still – they're favored not by a ton, but – Less than a touchdown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, the Bengals are at home. They're the underdogs. That's probably sticking in their craw a little bit. So with your primer, Bengals are 7-2 and two in their last nine games. So they're heating up. They're tied for first place in the AFC North with the Ravens. So they're, they've, you know, they've got a lot to play for. Um, and they've got, as you pointed out here in, in the outline, a brutal schedule. Uh, still got to play Baltimore, Tampa, Buffalo, and New England. So... Looking at this just from the 50,000-foot view, how are you feeling like the Chiefs should attack this Bengals team? I, I know I listened to your spaces last night. I, I know what you're going to say, but I want you to – I just want to throw a question your way before you answer it, and that is the Bengals know what they did in the second half of that game, right? Correct. And the Bengals know that Tyreek Hill is gone, and they know that the Chiefs have the number one offense in the NFL. They're racking up the yards, and they're racking up the points. Do you expect that the Bengals are just going to come out and roll with that same game plan just because it worked last year, or are they going to mix it up against the Chiefs and blitz and do some different things? I think they're going to mix it up. I don't think they're going to blitz. I think they're going to mix up their coverage looks, though, because you have to. I mean, if they just come out and they play the same defense, play after play after play, I mean, they're not stupid. Like They understand that the Chiefs are prepared for this. Um, I think I think that if you are the Bengals, who are, by the way, one of the more well-coached defenses in the NFL, you understand the task at hand here. Mahomes cannot just slice you up for 60 minutes. So it's got to be – if the Chiefs want to run the ball on them, play really well on third down, where the Bengals defensively this year have been average, play really well in the red zone, where they've been very good on both sides of the ball, by the way. It's a huge key for the Chiefs this week. The Bengals are excellent in the red zone offensively and defensively. The Chiefs are very good offensively. They are terrible defensively. Um I think that's a huge, huge, huge part of it. But I also think if I'm the like, all right. So if I'm the Chiefs, I think you have to early in the game take the invitation to run the football. If the Bengals are going to let you run for five yards a clip, do it. Just run. Run the ball. 
Think about when the Chiefs have had their best offensive outputs this season. What have they done well in every one of those games? What is the one common thread in every one of those games? They've Random run the ball. football. Yeah. And people, we get we've got into this analytical hellscape where it's like running the ball doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yes, it does because it gets you into better down and distances. And if you can do that, it changes the game because you can open up your whole playbook. It makes it harder for teams to just pin their ears back and go after you. It does change the game. And so if I'm the Chiefs early, I'm trying to run the football. I'm not saying I'd run on first and run on second, but like if you have first and 10 and you get a look where there's like five, six guys in the box, run it. Run the ball, get second and five, second and four, and then you have your whole playbook at your disposal and you can do what you want to do. Um, I don't care how committed you are to stopping the pass and stopping the homes. At some point, if you're giving up yardage like that on the ground, you're going to change the way you're playing. You're compelled to. I mean, it's not bad coaching. It's just it's reality. Like at some point, you're going to go, all right, we got to creep down the box a little bit. Maybe put an extra backer on the field. We got to bring a safety down a little bit. And then at that point, you can you can start opening up a little bit. Because I think the one thing, look, and I'm going to say, so Bengals fans, bear with me for a minute. It's going to sound like I'm cracking on the Bengals, but I'm going to go the other way with this too. If there's one thing the Bengals don't want to have happen in this game, it is getting into a situation where the Chiefs have time in the pocket and Mahomes is, is able to use his play action game. Because the Bengals' corners are not built to put up with Kansas City. They're not. They don't have anybody who's guarding Kelsey one-on-one, which is not a dig on Cincinnati. Nobody in the league has anybody who's guarding him one-on-one. And they don't have the corners, in my opinion, that are going to deal with Kansas City and everything that the Chiefs bring to the table one-on-one. So that's that's one thing. Now, on the other side of the ball, when the Chiefs are on defense, if I am the Chiefs, any time the Bengals have Chase and Higgins on opposite sides of the field, I would get into press man coverage. I would tell the corners, get up on the line of scrimmage and play outside leverage, and you're responsible for anything outbreaking. Anything that goes to the outside part of the field, you're responsible for it. And I'd have two deep safeties, and I'd have one on either side of the field, obviously, and say, look, anytime there's an in-breaking route, you're responsible for it. I, I think to me, like, I would try the best I could to – limit and I'm not saying take out of the game so too good you're not take him out of the game but take out uh Chase and Higgins as best you can and then I'd put Sneed on Higgins on uh, Boyd rather in the slot and I'd take my chances one on one there. Sneed has been excellent this year. Um and then you have you know look you I'd go three safety and look in this game. I'd play a lot of Brian Cook. Um I would play a lot of Willie Gay on on Mixon coming out of the backfield. I think he's your best coverage backer by a mile. Um, and then I'd put Bush on or Bush or Cook on Hurst uh, in man. Like if I'm the Chiefs to play a lot of man in the game, understanding full well, look, you're going to get beat sometimes. Chase is phenomenal. Higgins is tremendous. Boyd's a really good player. Um, that's that's to me how I'm looking at this game. And I would not blitz, by the way. I, if I'm the Chiefs, I would not blitz. Bro. He's too smart. He's too good. If you leave these guys one on one, he's going to kill you. Uh, I'd play coverage. I'd try to rush four and. I said I'd go the other way with this. If there's one thing the Chiefs do not want to have happen in this game, I think the Chiefs would be okay if Mixon and P. Ryan run the ball a little bit. I think the Chiefs are okay with that to a, to a degree. You can't let them go crazy, but to a degree. The Chiefs cannot, in this game, get into positions where the Bengals are getting a bunch of single coverage looks on Chase and Higgins. I, I'm not saying you can't survive a snap here, snap there. Like, sure. But the Chiefs cannot be put in a position where they've got to single those guys up, which probably means having to blitz a lot. 
if they have to blitz in this game to get pressure, they're screwed. They have to get home with four. They have to be able to do that. If they can't do that, I think the Bengals will win the game. Yeah, man, I got to tell you, I'm pretty worried about this game. I I, I just haven't seen I, – I, I still believe the Chiefs secondary is going to continue to get better, but they have struggled against really good receivers. We saw what Devontae Adams did to them. We saw the the two seconds that Mike Williams was in the game. Big receivers, guys that like yeah. to poke the Chiefs up. And and Spagnolo loves to blitz and he loves to bring these exotic blitzes, especially on, you know, third and twenty-seven, um, which he did against the Bengals once, which was just completely insane. Um, you know, that's what worries me about this Chiefs defense is that they've been getting sacks like crazy, but they do blitz a lot. They it's particularly utilized Legarius Sneed yep. to create confusion. It opens things up for the other guys. So, you know, this is a game where I'm I'm with you. Don't blitz. It's not worth it. Like yeah, you're, okay. you're, your secondary is young. You got a lot of young guys back there, and even if Chase isn't 100, percent these receivers are these, and 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 the Bengals will do shit. Like they'll they'll get you. You'll get in a third and two with them, and they'll and they'll launch a 50 yard pass. So you know what I mean. Like don't don't do it. I, play it safe. I would try to I would try to make them dink and dunk it as much as as you as you can. And hope that you can get pressure with four and that you can get some batted down balls. That's the other thing that is like a it's a drive killer, you know, with Carlos Dunlap and those long arms. Chris Jones is a fan of doing this. Those I would be telling those guys, if you can't get home, get your hands up. Hands up. Not yep. down these passes and get off the field. Um, because you know, look, when I look at when I look at the way I think the Chiefs should attack the Bengals. I think they should go back for the last two years and watch every Chiefs, every Bengals Browns game. Because the Browns, for it, as much as they've struggled over the last two years, they've got Cincy's number. Kind of like since he said the Chiefs' number. Yep. And I would go back and, really well. They run the football. They run the ball. Yeah. And it was they Nick Chubb earlier this year, 23 carries for 101 yards. And Kareem Hunt ran 11 times for 42. They gave four carries a day. The Chiefs, the, the Browns ran the ball against the, uh, including runs from Brissett, forty-four times against the Bengals. Yeah. And Amari Cooper had himself a day. So they, and the, the Browns, the Bengals beat the Bengals. They creamed them, thirty-two to thirteen. Now there was no chase in that game. That matters, but still, uh, the, the, the Bengals should have been good enough to beat the Browns without without Jamar Chase. And the Browns put it on them. So I would go back and look at the way that the Browns have been playing because I don't think the Browns' defense is any better than the Chiefs. Oh, the Browns' defense is awful. Um, look, I would say this too. Uh, but to your point about getting your hand up and knocking out passes, I believe Burroughs had more passes batted down than anyone in football this year. So that's one thing to keep in mind. I pulled up this the box score from last year's regular season game, which was 34-31 Cincinnati. The Bengals scored 10 points in the fourth quarter, came back, won the game. I mean, to me, if you look at this game – the Chiefs offensively really should go to that game plan. And they, it really should just copy it, essentially. Both teams had 23 first downs. But here, here's what's crazy about this game. Okay, so just hear these stats, and you're going to be quiet. This is actually, like, I mean, the score indicates it's a really even game, too. But, like, just hear out the stats. Time of possession. The Chiefs had 31 minutes. The Bengals had 29. Both teams had 23 first downs. Yards per play. Uh, Bengals at 7.5. Chiefs at 7.1. So, Bengals a little better, but not like crazy better. Um, neither team had a turnover. Both teams were one-on-one on fourth down. 
Bengals are four ten on third down. Okay, not not great, not terrible. Solid, solid number. Chiefs are six of eleven. Chiefs are very good in third down. The Bengals have 475 total yards, fueled by Jamar Chase going for 266 of them. Okay. Mahomes and company at 414. So the Bengals had a little edge in total yards. The Chiefs in the game ran the ball 23 times for 155 yards, 6.7 yards per attempt on the ground. Bengals only at 3.2. Chiefs were three or four in the red zone. Bengals are two or three in the red zone. Chiefs had four sacks of Burrow for 31 yards loss. Bengals didn't sack Mahomes. So what was the difference? The Chiefs took 10 penalties for 83 yards. And on and that the Bengals took five for 62. Here's the difference. The Chiefs of their 23 first downs, both teams at 23, the Chiefs had one first down via a penalty. The Bengals had five. Excuse me. They had six. The Bengals had six first downs. More than a quarter of their first downs in that game were given to them via penalty. And I'd have to go back and look at the play-by-play, which I don't want to do right now. I'm pretty sure that Chiefs also had a touchdown taken back on a penalty in that game. Could be wrong. I have to double-check that. The Chiefs have to be disciplined in this game. It killed them in the regular season game. If the Chiefs play a reasonable football game, penalty-wise, they pro- they win. I wouldn't even say probably. They win. Okay? But they lost because they took too many penalties and because they couldn't bother to – guard Jamar Chase. And so to me, like the Chiefs, their attack was good in that game. It really was. The problem was it took too many penalties and they in the end defensively beat themselves. I thought defensively in the AFC title game, the Chiefs actually played really well. They had a really good plan in that game. So I think Spags at least has a decent idea of what he can do. Um, they got to marry those two things. They got to marry the offense in the first game, sands of penalties, and the defense in the second game. And if they can do that, I think they're in pretty good shape. And they have, they've traditionally had a problem. And, and part of that is, is due to the way that Spagnola likes to call the defense with pass interference penalties. And right. a team like the Bengals is kind of a nightmare for that, as we saw with Traverius Ward last year. I was actually watching some old clips from the game, from the first game last year with, with Traverius Ward. And there were, you know, a couple plays that that the Bengals made over Ward. That Ward had good coverage. Was, yeah, a good it was not even you know, yeah. th- these guys are big and and they're talented and athletic. And Burrow's a good quarterback. But there was a, there was one play that I wanted to point out in that game that I don't. Maybe they realized it by the time they got to to play them in the AFC Championship game. It was that play where Burrow. It was a little short comeback route to to Chase, and he took off. He he, he juked. Uh, he juked. Nick Bolton out of his cleats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and took that. off down the middle of the field and and just literally outran. It, I, I looked. I paused it at one point. There were seven Chiefs, seven or eight Chiefs around him. He outran everybody because he's incredibly fast. May not be that fast this weekend, but we'll see. But on that play, if you watch, Charvarius Ward was in coverage on the other side of the field, and he got drawn close to the middle of the field. And when Chase caught that ball, there were three Chiefs around him, and and Nick Bolton was coming over and looked like he was going to make the tackle. And Chase juked him. And if you watch Charvarius Ward in that clip, he pulls up. He's, he's jogging and because he thinks that Chase is going to get tackled. And when Chase jukes Bolton, he runs right into where Ward would have been if Ward kept running towards the play. And Ward would have been able to make the tackle. So this is a game where I think the Chiefs need to understand, especially with these young guys, and they found it out with Devontae Adams, how athletic these guys are for yep. the Bengals. And they need to treat them with respect. 
and they need to run to the football and they need to hustle on every play because if they're standing there five yards away and they think somebody else is going to make the tackle, they got another thing coming. I think it's well said. I mean, look, and by the way, yes, yeah, somebody pointed out in their right, the penalty I was thinking of was the one where Pringle ran back a kickoff right for half for a touchdown. And Zane Anderson took a penalty that, I actually was like, I never want to see Zane Anderson again. And guess, guess who's on special teams now? Guess who's back? Zane Anderson. So, <laughs> awesome. Um, it's going to it's gonna be, you know, look, that is a huge part of the game. That is a huge part of the game. Um, you know, they, like to me, I'm trying to how to word this. The Chiefs in this game, if I'm Spagnuolo, I'm telling the DBs, I do not care if you take an illegal contact penalty on first down. I don't care. And if it's second and short, I don't care either. I don't care. Because I am of the philosophy, and I saw Belichick do this for years, and I'll tell you right now, you better be ready because he's going to do it tonight against Buffalo. I tell those DBs, get up on the line of scrimmage, and I want you to play within the rules best you can. But I'll tell you right now, you think you're getting beat by one of these guys? Do whatever you got to do. Hook them, hold them, grab them, push them. I don't care. If you get called on first and 10, I don't care. Fine. But here's five yards. Play it again. Play it again. I would be ultra physical if I'm the Chiefs in this game. Because, and by the way, I would do the same thing if I was the Bengals for the record. But if I'm the Chiefs or the Bengals DBs in this game, I am being ultra physical and saying, you know what? I am willing to take a penalty here or there. Because... If you set that tone early in the game with the officials, at some point you're graded on a bell curve. At some point it becomes, all right, yeah, it's probably a penalty, but it's not that bad compared to stuff that happened earlier. going to let it go. Whereas if you're not physical the whole game and then you do that in the fourth quarter, now it looks a lot more egregious. It's a penalty. Like I used this example um, on my spaces yesterday. I'm going to use it again. I remember the 2020 AFC title game. The Chiefs beat up on Buffalo. And if you go back and watch that game, Rashad Breeland's on Stephon Diggs early in the game. And Rashad Breeland basically turns it into a WWE wrestling match in the first quarter. I mean, honestly, I think he takes two or three penalties on him in the first quarter. Diggs just disappears off the face of the earth for the rest of that game because it became accepted that Breeland was going to be really physical. So, I, you know, like I think if you're, if you're Joshua Williams – if you're Jalen Watson on the outside, if you're Trent McDuffie, hey, look, man, you're gonna do what you gotta do to win the game. Like, and, and again, if I were the Bengals, I'd do the same thing. I really would if I were the Bengals. I'd play the same way. Like the Titans just did that to the Chiefs, where they turned it into a still cage match down the field. The Patriots did that in the AC Championship game with the Chiefs years ago. Like, I, to me, I'm I'm good with that. Um, I see John saying the Bengals are more physical. John, I gotta tell you, I, the, the Bengals are a better defense people realize. The Chiefs have size at corner for the first time in years. Like if I'm the Chiefs, I'm not afraid to get up on the line of scrimmage. I'm not. Like with Watson and Williams, especially Williams, which is a really good athlete, I'd have no problem getting up on the line of scrimmage if I'm Spagnuolo and saying, here it comes. Like, we're going to be physical. It's going to be a battle. The other reason, too, is like you disrupt timing on plays like that. So right. I would like to see the Chiefs be physical at the, at the line of scrimmage in this game and be willing to say, hey, listen, We'll take three illegal contact penalties in the first half on first and tens if that means that down the road, you know, in the fourth quarter, a big third and seven can get physical. 
because you've been physical the whole game and now it's a little bit more accepted. So I'm curious to see how the how the Chiefs play it, how the Bengals play it, and how the officials play it uh, in a game that is a huge game for both teams. Probably, honestly, bigger for Cincinnati than for Kansas City, standings-wise, but a big game for both nonetheless. How much of Isaiah Pacheco do you think the Bengals see in this game? She's really leaned on him the last couple of weeks. He looks pretty good. He, he's running hard. Will Andy have the discipline to run it, run it, run it? I don't know if he'll have the discipline to run it, run it, run it, but I absolutely think you're going to see a lot of Isaiah Pacheco. I, I know there's been this talk about, well, is Melvin Gordon going to see the field? I don't think Melvin Gordon's seen the field in this game. I, I think it's going to be a lot of, and I mean a lot, especially if McKinnon's beat up a little bit. I think you're going to see a lot of Pacheco. They have to give him the ball. Like Andy has to have learned from that game in the playoffs. If you don't run the ball, it's a problem. Now, you would also think he would have learned from like, hey, we watched in the regular season the Chiefs run the ball really well, and then they just completely neglected to go to that. Um, I think Pacheco is going to be on the field a, a huge chunk of this game. A huge chunk of this game. By the way, for the record, in case anyone's curious, John Hussey is uh, the official for uh, Sunday's matchup between the Chiefs and the Bengals. Good old John Hussey. So John last Hussey. week when the Bengals played the, the Titans, as you pointed out, they bottled up Derrick Henry, 17 carries, 38 yards. But he did have three receptions for 79 yards. So he was able to hurt him right. through the air. With McKinnon, with, with a hamstring, and, and maybe the fact that the Chiefs signed Gordon, that tells us something about how they feel about the recovery there for McKinnon. Do you, do you think they'll throw the ball to Pacheco? Is this something maybe that they're going to unveil? They could. They threw it on once last game. Um, you know, I don't know that you're going to see them do that a ton, but I, th- I think I think you're going to see a decent amount of of Pacheco in this game. I think more more running. I mean, he may have a catch or two, um, but I think you're going to see more of him on the ground, outside zone. Like I think if you're the Bengals, you're trying to keep the game a little bit more toward a phone booth style on the ground. I think if you're the Chiefs, you probably want to get those stretch runs going with with Pacheco. I I, I would try to run him to the outside um, and and use his speed. Will you see him catch the ball? Yeah, you'll probably see once or two. But I don't think it's going to be a game where the Bengals blitz a ton. I don't think it's going to be a game where the Bengals are sending a bunch of guys. So I think it's going to be, you know – Look, if the if the Bengals do their rush three drop eight stuff, then you know you're gonna see him release into the pattern because there's no reason for him to stay in. Um I th- let's put it this way. I think he will be very involved uh in the game. And by the way, I mentioned Hussey is gonna be the official. Um they do his crew does not call penalties. So of all the crews in the league, and there are uh let me just make sure I'm right with this, there are 17 crews. John Hussey's crew has called the third least penalties in the games this year. So, uh, and, but you're not going to believe who's number one by a mile. Uh, it's Carl <laughs> Cheffers. Um, well, Carl loves the spotlight. Yeah, he, he sure does, man. No, nobody likes to call penalties more. Uh, but yeah, John Hussey's crew, it should be a fun game to watch. They've only called 96 penalties across 11 games. So they don't call many. Um, it should be. You know, at least by his history, it should be a pretty clean game. All right. I got to ask you 
before we get to our predictions about Andy Reid. So this is a game where, like, the Chiefs were pretty vanilla last week against the Rams. Uh, They ran the ball a lot. They didn't bust out a lot of tricky stuff in the red zone, which didn't work out well for them. Um, Is this... Is this a game where Andy Reid, based on everything that happens, and also kind of knowing the rest of the Chiefs' schedule and the number one seed and all that stuff, and this kind of being the the toughest game remaining on Kansas City's schedule, is this a game where Andy Reid kind of empties out his bag of tricks a little bit? Yes. I think Andy actually empties out his bag of tricks and then goes back for a second bag and empties out. Yeah, listen. Yeah. They are going to want to win this game in the worst way. I mean, let's just – like we're getting toward the hour mark. Let's lay it on the let's lay the cards on the table. Okay. The Bengals want to win this game in the worst way because it's a big game and they have to win the game because of their record. The Chiefs don't have to win this game. Like if the Chiefs lose this game, they're nine and three. They're gonna win the division anyway. Their schedule's a joke the rest of the way. Like the Chiefs are fine, right? Like the Chiefs are not overwhelmingly uh in trouble here if they lose this game. I, I honestly still think they'll be the one seed if they lose this game, they went out. But obviously they maintain control of their own destiny if they were to win this game. Um, I I think this is a game where the Chiefs are going to just really want to win the game, like if that makes sense. I don't know if they sure. need to, but they're going to want to. After what happened last year, look, they're going to they're gonna go all out. I mean, they're going to do everything. I, I, this is one of these games where if Mahomes – has any opportunity? I was just going to say this. Gonzo beat me to it. If Mahomes has any opportunity to be a petty sob in this game, he's going to do it. Like if Mahomes can throw for six touchdowns, I don't think they're scoring six touchdowns. But if he can, he's going to do it. Um, if Andy has any play in his satchel that he thinks is a slam dunk, like that, maybe I'll oh, save it for the playoff. Here it comes. Like they. They're going to want to kill the Bengals. Now, the Bengals are really good. They may not be able to do it, but they're going to want to do it. They're going to want to come out and hang 100 on Cincinnati in this game. So the motivation is not going to be a problem. The motivation is going to be there. But Cincinnati's a very good team. And Cincinnati's a lot like Kansas City, honestly, in a lot of ways. I mean, great quarterback, can throw the ball over the lot, well-coached. Um, defensively, they're underrated. You know, I mean, if, if the funny thing is, if you look at the Bengals and the Chiefs rankings-wise, defensively, they're identical teams, like almost identical. Like if you look at the two teams and you just sit there and go up and down, you're like, okay, yards per play. So, I mean, the only real big difference defensively is the Bengals are a lot better in the red zone and the Chiefs are a lot better uh, getting sacks. So, like, the biggest – so the Chiefs have 35 sacks this year, okay, which ranks them fifth in the league, tied with Baltimore. Cincinnati has 17 sacks, which is second worst in the league tied to Jacksonville and Atlanta. Um, and if you look at the red zone numbers, uh, the Bengals are really good in the red zones. The Bengals are sixth best at 50%. Uh, Chiefs are dead last in the NFL. 70% of the time, 70.5% of the time they go up to touchdown. So that's where those teams are really different. Now, on the flip side, the Chiefs are pretty good on, on third down. They're not great. They're 12th. Bengals are 19th. Um, but if you look at like a lot of the, the rest of the stats, like yards per play, Kansas City checks in at 13th. The Bengals are a tenth of a yard behind them at 15th. Um, you know, if you look at rushing against, there are a couple teams tied at 4.3 yards per carry against. It's the Chiefs and the Bengals. Um, I mean, if you go and look down the line, 
just a lot of very similar stats. You know, the Bengals have missed 53 tackles this year. The Chiefs have missed 57. You know, like it, it's – so the defenses, I think, are a little underrated. They're, they're solid defenses, but the, the offenses are just really good, and they're led by two great quarterbacks. It's going to be an absolutely fascinating game. It's going to be seen pretty much all over the entire country. There's a game, oh, I yeah. think, happening out on the West Coast, but uh, it's, it's, it's basically a primetime game. Um, all right, let's get into our final score predictions here. I'll kick us off this week. I got to tell you, man, I almost picked the Bengals to win this game. I, I just, I'm worried about the Chiefs' young secondary and the weapons that I think it's since he's a bad matchup for the Chiefs. Uh, even though they made changes, I think they're a bad matchup, particularly if they're able to run the ball and the Chiefs can't kind of find a way to make them one dimensional. That's, that's rough. Um, but, I just find it hard. It's just hard for me to imagine somebody beating Mahomes three times in a row with Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. After what happened in the AFC Championship game, I think a little bit of extra preparation probably went into this one. But I still think it's going to be a nail biter. I think it's going to be a shootout. I'm going to go Chiefs 30, Bengals 27. And I think, I think Kansas City gets this on a last minute Harrison Bucker field goal. I think this game is tied heading into the waning minutes of the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs just happen to have the ball. So I am a little different on this game. I have a lot of respect for Cincinnati. In fact, I'll tell you what. Other than watching the Chiefs, I probably enjoy watching Cincinnati more than any other team in the league. Like I I really love watching Burrow. I love to watch him at LSU. And I ironically also love watching Jamar Chase at LSU. So it's just they're a fun team for me. Um, you know, I've I've – gotten to be around some of the people in the organization just in my travels covering the league and then a lot of really good people in Cincy. So I really, honestly, I, I enjoy them quite a bit. Um, I think this is a game. And I've said this a few times on different platforms. I've talked about the game this week as the late, uh, great Therese Paler used to say, um, this feels like an over my dead body game from Mahomes. Like, this just feels like one of these games where it's like, look, I, whatever has to happen is going to happen. Uh, I give Thomas Cole having some guts there. 24 to 16 Bengals. If they hold the Chiefs to 16 points, man. Hats off. I I mean, hey, who knows? I also – I like uh, Emperor here. It's just 69 to 3. I appreciate that the Chiefs at least got a field goal. Um, I, I'm going 33 to 27 Kansas City. Uh, I think it's a lot of points. I think the Bengals are going to be right there. I just think Mahomes in this game, man. Like it's just gotta. I, I think for him in his head, it's gotta happen. Like he's, he's they've got to find a way. And I'm just a big believer in kind of the the rhythm of a team. The Chiefs have had a history since about really since about winning the Super Bowl. When they play teams that they should just hammer, a lot of times it's the Chiefs. It's a very like slow start. They kind of score around and then. Then usually, like, by the middle of the third quarter, they start putting that team away, you know, and they they handle business. They usually don't lose those games, but they usually kind of almost almost like a cat with a mouse, right? Like, they just toy with the team for 30, 40 minutes, and then they, they rev it up. When they have games where they're disrespected, where they're overlooked, where they feel like they've been slighted, that is typically when they play their best football games. That is typically when they come out like a house of fire. Like I remember earlier this year when they played the Raiders, and we were like, oh, they're going to kill the Raiders. And they got down 17 nothing, 
And then that thing with Carl Treffers happened with Chris Jones. And I remember yeah. coming out of the halftime show and being like, that is the best thing that happened to them. They're going to win this game now. Right. Like, because it woke them yeah. up. It pissed them off so much. I, I just really like knowing the team. I was like, they're hundred percent going to win this game. The crowds I rate, the players are furious. They're going to win this game. Um, I, I think the Chiefs find a way to win this game. I honestly, I think the Chiefs are a slightly better team, and I think motivationally they're just going to be furious. Like I wouldn't be shocked if they lose, but I think whenever they're in spots like this and they have to respond, they typically do it in an emphatic way. So I will take the Chiefs to win. I think it's a good game. I think it's a lot of fun. And I'll tell you right now, I don't think it's the last time they play each other this season. But I think I think the Chiefs will find a way to win the game. And I'll take them by six points. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think they'll meet again in the playoffs. It could be one of those games. You're right. I was thinking about this myself where, you know, I did not expect the, the, the 49ers game to go the way that it did. I did not expect the Tampa Bay game to go the way that it did. Sometimes the Chiefs, when they really execute, they can be really hard to stop. And if this is one of those games on the road, their defenses are up, focused, um, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, the Bengals are getting Joe, they're getting uh, chased back into the offense. What kind of condition is he in? You know, um, we're going to find out. It's going to be really, really exciting. And the other thing that's going to be exciting is that it, after this game is over, the next game that the Chiefs play, we will be in Kansas City. We're going to be at Tanner's Bar and Grill December 11th for the Chiefs at Broncos game. Head to arrowheadaddict.com slash events to get to the Eventbrite link to get your ticket. The tickets are free. They don't guarantee you a seat. It's just an RSVP. Um, but it does get you, uh, for the first 50 people that check in with us on that day, a special gift and five extra raffle tickets. And we're going to be giving away a ton of stuff. Casey Beer is going to be there. They're going to be giving away stuff. Tanner's is going to be giving away stuff. So it's just going to be a day, basically a day-long party of good food, good beer, and football, and good conversation. We're going to do two live podcasts there at the venue. We're going to be there all day. It's going to be awesome. Um, and we hope to meet some of you. Uh, you've been wonderful supporters of this podcast, many of you for a long time. And if you're able to make it, if you're in the area, if you're not working, we'd love for you to come out and say hi. We'd love to shake your hand and uh, and just thank you for yeah. your support uh, of this show. It means a lot to us. I will quickly say too, look, I'm getting there on Friday afternoon. I will be tweeting out, maybe stupidly, but like, I'm going to be tweeting out like, hey, I'm at this bar on Friday night or I'm at this place. Like, Probably won't do that for dinner because I feel like that might be a little rude to the restaurant. But uh, for the bars, not that they'll mind, you guys want to meet up and hang out? Like, I'll, yep. I'm in town, man. I am happy to meet everybody and anybody I can possibly meet. Um, shake hands, have a beer. Uh, I can't wait to be out there. By the way, should note, um, the the old man has been flirting with the idea of actually flying out to Kansas City for the weekend. Oh, so, okay. uh, you know, I we I need to find some way to push him over the edge for this. He's been thinking yeah. about it. He's been thinking about it. I told, I'm like, look, I already have a hotel room. You know, I got I got an extra bed. I'm pretty sure I have like two queen beds. I'm like, I got an extra bed. Yeah, you know, I got I, I can pick him up and drop him off at the airport. So I have my car. I'm like, all you need to do is just get out here and fly out. Um, so I'm trying to. Trying to get him to do that because that would be uh, that would be that'd be hilarious. Um, you could just have you guys enact your your regular Chiefs halftime phone call that you used to do before we started doing the stupid podcast. Yeah, in, in real time, and could watch both of you melt down. If, if 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 it's not a ten point lead for the Chiefs or more, 
Yeah, I, I think we forget. If doing they don't blow the Denver time. out, people are going to see me at Tanner's actually blow a blood vessel out of my eye socket because if yeah. I if I have to watch Russell Wilson going toe to toe with the Chiefs, my head's going to explode. If, I, if I, can't, you, I just can't take it. If you've never, and and most of you have not had the pleasure of watching a, a Chiefs game with Verdran, it is if you think he's intense on this podcast, imagine what he's like when the stakes are really high and he's watching his favorite team. Uh, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, that's one word for it. Maybe a little frightening, you know. Don't maybe don't bring kids to Tanner's. I would uh, if, if you know if there are things start going bad in the game, just get get your family and get out of there. Um, yeah. we're, you know, we're really excited to meet all you. And look, there is a limited number of those Eventbrite tickets. Yeah, anybody can come to Tanner's that day, but there is a limited number. So uh, make sure you snag yours to get those five extra raffle tickets. And uh, maybe you'll snag a little bit of swag. All right, we got to get out of here. Um, and the whole crew is going to be out there. Producer Richard, who's who's behind the scenes right now, is going to be there as well. A bunch of other people from Arrowhead Attic and Fan Side. So we're excited to see you all next weekend in Kansas City. I can't wait. I'm starving myself all this week. I know. All next week. I'm not eating anything. I'm just drinking like protein shakes, taking in about 700 calories a day because I'm going to be taking in about you know, oh, 20,000 oh, a day. Once oh I get to God. Kansas City, all it's in be, I can't, what is, you know, we can close on this since we always like talk a little food. What is your favorite kind of barbecue? Like, you know, like uh, of the different cuts, like what is your favorite? If you had to pick one thing, you know, like that's the thing I'm going all in on. It's burn ends, man. Same for me. That's Look, all, yeah. It's like, it's it, honestly like, I think it's really good proof that God exists because there's no, <laughs> I mean, the first time I had a burn end, it just blew my mind. And I've had different types of burn ends. Like, I really like the way that they uh, they chop them up at Gates and you get, mm. like, the burn end sandwich. Those are incredible. I've had absolutely amazing burn ends. It, it, I finally got some at Joe's the last time I was in KC. Jack Stack, when, when their burn ends are, are on point, although I will say they're not always on point the last few times I've been there. It's been wow. I missed it. Jack Stack. I think they get so busy that, you know, what, what I like about Joe's is, like, if they run out, they're out. And, you know, some of the, like the sit down restaurant, I think it's a little bit more challenging because you want to have everything on the menu and all that stuff. Um, but, but, but I mean, when I've been to Jack Stack and it's been on point, unbelievable. I've never been to Arthur Bryant's. I want to maybe try to sneak out to Arthur Bryant's this time. I, the first time I went to Kansas City, I was there. It's excellent. Um, yeah. I, I, so just so everybody knows, so my, my schedule now, it's a little different now because the Sunday got moved. Although not really because we're going to be at Tanner's all day anyway. I'm going, I'm absolutely on tw- twice on Friday, I'm getting barbecue. I don't care. Like if it's a late lunch and a dinner, that's fine. It's Q39, Jack Stack, Arthur Bryant's, Oklahoma Joe's, and then and then just go from there. Yeah. Um, the best part of the barbecue stuff, other than the actual, obviously, the, the barbecue itself, like barbecue, like normally, like if you're in the mood for a type of food, you're like, man, I'm really in the mood for Mexican food tonight or Greek food or Italian food, whatever. Like it's great, but like it's pretty much that and that's it. Like barbecue, you get the barbecue, and then there's all the sides that come with it. And the sides are amazing. It's always like potato salad and coleslaw and, and, and mac and cheese and cornbread. It's just like, bean. yeah, like like if I just had the sides, I'd feel happy. But then on top of that, then you get the barbecue and you always get the platter. You just get like that whole, like, you're like how many meats you want? You want three meals? Yeah, I'll take three meats. Just bring them all. Just bring the whole damn, bring the, bring the whole damn animal out yep. and we'll figure yep. it out from there. Like I, uh, oh my God, it's when you find the right barbecue and the right sauce and it just basically melts in your mouth. Oh God, I, I'm going to be on Sunday. People are going to be, is Vernon okay? Like he, he, he's taking a lot of salt tablets, but he's all right. <laughs> you know, prop him up. Yeah. He's good. 
Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, can't wait to meet some of you. So make sure you go head to arrowheadaddict.com slash events. Check out the link in the description. Go straight to the event, Bray. Lock it in because we're running out of slots. All right, we will see you guys uh, on Sunday. I don't think we're doing a pregame show. We might need to no, figure that out. it's an afternoon it's, game. So yeah, halftime, afternoon game. game. We'll be there for halftime. We'll be there for postgame of the Bengals. So this is your game preview. Uh, so we'll see you on Sunday after the Chiefs take care of business against Cincinnati. But until then, for our producer, Richard, for Matt Verdery, my name is Patrick Allen. As always, go Chiefs. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.